Hey everybody, welcome to tonight's Late Night Happy Hour. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky coming to you. Uh, it is, of course, Tuesday, uh, and we will be joined shortly by Victoria Jacoby. Uh, count on Vic, you know her as that. Here she is. We're going to try to make this work, and right hopefully she can hear us now. We can see her and we can hear her. Can you hear us having now, trouble man. hearing us? Now it's working. I don't know what happened before. Oh, so Excellent. Here's what went wrong. So a lot of times we like to play games on this show. We like to do stuff. We like to have fun, you know, things like that. And I was like, you know, one of the things that we thought we'd have some fun with tonight is the NBA is thinking of expanding by two teams to try to recuperate some of that money that they lost uh, in the pandemic, that they're continuing to lose uh, during the pandemic. And so I was, you know, I was like, oh, we could play a fun game with like state capitals. Ran that by Andy. Andy's response was eek which I appreciated. That means you might lose. Ran it by Vic, who reminded us that she's not actually born in this country and should and, and may not know all the capitals. Guys, please don't judge me based on this. Please. No, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> no, if any, if anything, it would have added more of a triumph to you when you eventually beat me in a game of state capitals of a country you weren't even born in. Like, it would have been even more humiliating for me. And the idea with the states, though, like I used to do those fork all, you know, get all the states under eight minutes or 10 minutes. And I always used to get that right. So, oh, you'd have crushed me. I think there's there is absolutely no way around this now. You you <laughs> no. would have destroyed me. Fades on. Yeah, you can leave them on. And, and so we'll put ours on as well. Only one of us has an eye infection. We're all in this together. Yeah, we. Uh, I was gonna explain the 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 shades. Victoria was not starting out this show big timing us from the beginning or big timing the audience anything like that. She she has an eye infection and a sensitivity to light, and she had been concerned. She ex expressed to Brian that you know she would look silly doing it like this. So we said, "No, you won't. We'll join you. We're gonna, we're gonna all be in sunglasses." This is my aesthetic. So this is the Vic aesthetic. No, it's actually like it's not even bad. It's just. My like right eye right here has a vein. It's red. It's annoying me. Light. Well, we are nothing if not accommodating, Vic. You know this. I know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. My only problem is I actually I can't wear sunglasses without. I can't take off my regular glasses and wear my sunglasses because then I can't see. So I have to actually be this. I have to do this. Then contacts. Do you not use contacts? Not usually. I have them upstairs. I have one pair left. Oh, it's so much anxiety when there's one pair left. I know. But yeah. I generally just wear glasses at this point. How are you? It's good to I'm, see you. I'm great. I'm, you know, I'm drinking my wine. I'm in LA. I'm with my friend here and just got away from New York a little bit. You know, you guys know I'm here a lot though. So every few months for work, but this was kind of just like me stepping away from the snow and the cold. It's important to have somewhere to summer and or, or winter, I should say. Like, do you want a winter somewhere warm? Yeah, no. January and February, also in New York, regardless of COVID, always very miserable because it's beautiful in November, December. You know, the city is gorgeous, very well decorated. You get that first snow, and then it's just kind of like January first hits, and it, it's dead. <laughs> Discovering right now, by the way, because we always tweet out updates, uh, what's going on in the show, what we're talking about, that sort of thing. It's much harder to type indoors wearing sunglasses. Like I am having a very uh -oh. difficult time. I'm, Actually, I am not a, I'm not a great typist anyway, but. Mm. Um, it was, it was a running joke. I was telling Brian, um, every summer at Mellow's gym, I would just walk in with shades and I would stand I would always like they would get pictures of me in the back photobombing the players with my shades on because I was so tired because usually the boys would be in town like James Harden, Paul George. Thank you. are making a lot of noise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quiet on the set, please. Um, no, I used to like every time the guys would come in, it would usually be fashion week. So we would have like a full day at the gym and then fashion week events and then fashion week after parties. And it was like me break and, and all these players and um, would go to bed at like three, 4 AM. And then we would have to be at the gym at 9 AM. So it was just like, 
a crazy schedule. So I was just like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to be in all these pictures looking crazy. So, uh, which I still ended up being, you know, but yeah, here's you being tired with Ray Allen, for example, Nike headquarters. That wasn't even like, yeah, that was a whole other thing. I don't know why I look like his personal bodyguard, but <laughs> well, it's because you're wearing a sunglasses. With Ray Allen. Yeah. You, I mean, you look intimidating. Like you, you're the badass in the sunglasses. Who's a foot and a half shorter than Ray Allen yet still capable of protecting him. So back off, man. So funny to me. Like, I just look ridiculous. What, what is the, uh, what is it's What's the, who's the, the woman in, in John wick? Is it three or two? Stefan. Oh, thank you, Stefan. Uh, Stefan, uh, Stefan or Stefan saying Vic is le legit. The queen of NBA Twitter. That's a fact. This is That's a actually a fact. So many amazing women who tweet about basketball and, and the NBA um, and the WNBA that I admire. You know? So, I mean, it's great to be mentioned. Thank you. Give some recommendations, by the way. Uh, ooh, okay. Well, one of my favorite follows is my really good friend, Nitz. She's really funny. Um, huge Warriors fan. And then uh, on the W side, I would say definitely follow my friend um, Meredith Mermanx. She's she's awesome. And she also works for Bleach Report. So um, she always holds it down on the women's side. And she's an amazing photographer too. So Okay, um, cool. Follow the, my are, is this another day where you retired? <laughs> Guys, this was... <laughs> I did at the Bleacher Report court in New York at the office. They have a court. And this was right after I got off a helicopter because my friend for his birthday decided to go on one of those helicopters with the with the windows, with the doors down. So my hair was looking crazy. My everything was looking crazy. And I was like, you know what? Let me just put these shades on and and roll because I'm not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. That was like yeah, this one, this one was definitely more stylish. This is you being more stylish. I like that one a little better. That's also at Nike headquarters. Like that's, you know, that was like an event that I did. So I, I got to be honest with you. When you were telling me that before and you sent me that photo, like I, I assumed that when you said that you were tired on those days, you always were tired, that that was a euphemism for something. But when you actually explain the schedule that you're talking about here, oh. you, you were actually tired. Like you were going to bed late because you were doing work stuff. Yeah, we used to go. We used to go nonstop, and those two weeks always were crazy. So, the boys, like I said, they would come in. So nine, ten a.m. You start at the gym. You're done by two. Then Brick had like a million things that he had to do, and then we would go to Fashion Week events starting four or five p.m. Then the after parties, you know how New York goes. Like we go till four a.m. And then he would sometimes like Facetime me and go. Oh, we got Chris Paul tomorrow. I need like a photographers. We need to make sure everybody's on. Like, I need to make sure there's not that many people in the gym. And it was just craziness. And I would hold that down, and then everybody would just roll in super tired. Like, even the players were tired. The only player ever was probably Russell Westbrook that just had his shit together at all times. Like, this man is. Well, he's regimented, man. He is famously regimented. You know, like, there's nothing. Like, as much as I love James Harden and, and, Chris Paul and all those guys and everybody was always there and putting up 110%. Russ was the guy that was like, I'm here at like 9 a.m., you know, so <laughs> walking in. Um, so that was, Russ is a character. He's just so good at everything. Well, that's an interesting point though. Cause like, you know, I, I, when, so fans will often make a big deal out of, you know, this guy's got this thing going on off the court and this, that, whatever. And obviously you can't be out, you know, if you're, you know, every night until three, four in the morning trying to, and then turning around and trying to play. But like when they balance this other stuff, I mean, the, the LeBron stories doing space jam are kind of famous. The Jordan stories doing space jam are kind of famous. Like I mean, the amount of working out that they do while they do this other stuff, they don't quit the basketball stuff. No, it doesn't. like, I, I mean, that's something that you learn, you know, like as a fan, um, you have those misconceptions and you think a, B and C, Right. Like you always want to judge and be like, why are these guys not in the gym? Oh, they're tweeting or, you know, they're at a fashion show or they're out. Every other second that they're not doing that, they're playing ball and they're getting better at what they do. And that's why I always say, like, even if you guys don't see the videos and the and the pictures, like there's guys that train. You don't even know who they train with and how long they train. And then there's guys that are very open with it that like showing it. Like mm -hmm. one guy that doesn't like 
doesn't like to show it. Book is another guy that does like book trains with his dad. Not a lot of people know that um, about him. And he just gets in. No one sees any of that footage. You know what I mean? And then there's guys that are more comfortable showing it um, like CJ, like CJ's stuff is dope. Like he used to come to the gym a lot and he works um, very hard with Brickley every summer. And he was in there, you know, for hours and he was very happy to, be in those videos and and show that process so it really just depends but once you're in that world you go from being a fan who doesn't know anything about anything um, you just see what you see and you want to have those you know ideas about what's good or bad for these athletes and then you actually see how they go about it it's definitely it's definitely a little bit of a shock you know you see everything differently one more uh, rare photo that I, I unearthed of uh, Vic. I, I don't think she even knew that I had this one, but there's also Victoria out during her regular NBA <laughs> regimen, just out with the players. This is just a typical night for Vic. Uh, count on Vic. This was this was actually All Star 1989. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you you've really been at this a long time. Vic. You, you have aged Before, fabulously. I wasn't even around in 1989, guys. But yeah, shut up! Seriously, get, get the hell off this show! Like, <laughs> like seriously, go. <laughs> actually, I, now, now I have, I have actually found one more picture. But it's a rare picture of Victoria where she's not wearing sunglasses. Um, <laughs> she is. Also, definitely me. Um, that was Vic after like, you know, was, uh, that was one of the, the tougher nights after a fashion show, uh, three or four nights of that in a row where you're not sleeping well and you just, you feel it, you know, your, your skin doesn't bounce back. I mean, look, I mean, I credit you for trying to smile there, but the vision is clearly going, yeah. uh, you've grayed. Um, but so do you know, do you know how that is? Horrible. I don't know. <laughs> 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 that is that is beloved children's book author Beverly Cleary. <laughs> oh wow, she's Thank I think like ninety eight or something. Like no, that. no, she's like one hundred two, one hundred four, one hundred three years old. I mean, she is. It's amazing. Hi, she is well past one hundred. This is Vic on day three of Fashion Week. This is Vic at the end of Fashion Week. <laughs> how it's how it starts. <laughs> How it's going. <laughs> Ryan's like, is this what the kids do? That's it right. Is this is what they do. Wow. How it starts. I love it. How it's going. I am so hip. This wow. is going very well. I'll take it. Shout out to Ben Lyons, by the way. He's in the chat right now joining us. Shout out, Ben. I haven't. I need to call Ben while I'm out here. Hey, ben wasn't right. sure he'd be awake during this. Um, he's on oh. the East Coast right now. Ben's Knicks are playing really well. Shout out my boy Julius Randle. Because when I was talking shit, when Julius was on the Lakers and I said this man was going to be a problem, people... Uh, Look, you're talking to two longtime residents of Randall Island. like, And and th this was, for a while, this was real estate that you could really spread out. Like, like you could get islands that anybody wanted on the Lakers within the Lakers organization for a long time. Yeah, I mean, like you could really buy some great real estate, like beachfront with tons and tons of private sand. And now everybody's catching up. They, Rand Randall is talented. He's also a really good guy. Like I'm happy to see him having this season because we both just like him. I know, and his son is the cutest kid. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I haven't seen recent pictures, but I remember from before. Like, oh my, I mean, it's absurd. Like, really stupid, cute. <laughs> <laughs> ben Lyons saying I was not on Huertas Island. <laughs> but um the catalyst. Yeah, no, I was actually like a huge Knicks fan. Like I was always a Laker fan, but the other team that you know, growing up obviously in New York, coming from Israel at 13, New York was home after that, but um when Melo came to the city, you know, I always been a mellow fan since since Syracuse you know as a kid watching him so I basically any game that the Knicks played that wasn't against the Lakers I was like you guys better go win that but um you know I'm happy for Mel Mel's in, well, in situation right but let's let's not let's not let's not because the Knicks may never be four <laughs> three again like ever like it may never happen again like he's so are you I mean I know we we actually were we are we were on a conference call with Ben earlier in the day um and he was like you know 
they haven't been you know over 500 in January since like 1978, and he was going through all these other stats. And I did point out to him like the season still like the season started two weeks ago, so like they, they got a benefit there. But like, I mean, if there's even like a little, like, do you get excited like a little hint of something? Does New York like like how oh. how much success does it take before people start freaking out over the Knicks? Other than Sixers fans, I don't think I've ever met. Like even Laker fans are crazy. Yes, we're crazy, but a little more subdued. Like in the sense that Laker fans, if you're trash, they'll tell you that you, you're trash. Like you'll feel it if you're in the arena. I feel like the Knicks do that too. But the Knicks, Knicks fans will have so much resilience when it comes to their team. Um, it's really something I have I have never seen before. And I still say this. Like I love going to different arenas and Staples obviously is my second home, but the garden, there's some feel about the garden that's unreal. And I think a big part of that obviously is, is the fans, but these fans are, are crazy. You can ask them this fan tonight, last night, you could ask them and they, they would say that they have a pretty good chance at anything. <laughs> so, um, I respect it. I respect it as someone who, you know, during the hard times, I believe Jordan Clarkson would take us to the finals. <laughs> Thanks to the fan, like, you know, there's not there's not much else, but I love I love the Knicks. I love that team. There's a few guys on that team that I, you know, I know personally and are great guys like Julius and um I'm just happy to see everybody flourishing. Uh especially my guys on the Nets. Speaking of New York. Um, but it's weird. It's weird seeing like, also like D'Lo was, was in New York for, with Brooklyn for a couple of years and kind of got used to that. And then, you know, D left and, and now it's, I mean, Spencer and Karis are still there, but it's, it's still a weird shift almost because as good as like, I, I always felt for the year and a half that D'Angelo was playing the way he was playing for the Nets. I always felt like he was the best player in New York at that time, especially for that second season he was with them. And still, like, the Knicks had more, like, Knicks players would have more hype or whatever. But now it's, oh yeah, you know, Kevin and, and Kai, so... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. Well, that's the thing about it. I mean, it's like I mean, the Lakers, it, it doesn't matter how many stars the, the 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 Clippers have, how many more wins they have. Even if the Lakers don't have enough, like the same amount of good players, they're always going to be the team that gets the the front headline on on the you know the LA Times or you know, leads the broadcast or whatever it's gonna be. Like the Lakers being bad and without stars is a better, bigger story than the Clippers being good with stars. And that's not necessarily fair it's just how the world works here talk your shit i love it because these, this is true these seven clipper fans out here think they got something going <laughs> <laughs> what it is but no it's 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 funny but you know there's so much talent now in that clipper team it's kind of hard not to talk about them whether it's good or bad and it's funny because like i've always been a huge paul george fan but always um when that man got hurt, do you guys remember that crazy injury he had? Yeah, the leg, oh, the broken leg. It literally broke his leg. It was it was, it was awful. It was, was so gross. It was horrible. As a fan of his, it was devastating. And I remember, um, I remember that first season with OKC. I believe that was the year that Nike took over from Adidas for the jerseys. And I was in LA covering that, and Paul was there. It was Paul, KD, and Blake Griffin, and. Um, I got to talk to Paul for a little bit. And one of the questions I asked was, you know, you're one of the best two-way players in the league. Do you, um, what else do you think you can work on moving forward with this new season? He's like, well, you know, first of all, thank you so much for asking that and, and saying that, but, you know, I want to go from being one of the best to the best two-way player, you know, and he's had so many ups and downs since then, but the whole, what bothered me, you know, as a fan, forget my work for a second, was the way the storyline kind of went. And he he shifted that, um, you know, because Laker fans, pretty much, we thought he was a done deal. 
for us. Oh, 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 it's not just the Laker fans that thought he was a done deal. Oh, the Lakers. Is the Lakers. Clearly, I mean, like if you look at <laughs> if you look at everything that they did for like a year and change leading up to Paul George eventually going to OKC, and then even like the possibility of him coming to the Lakers after OKC. Like I, I've said this many times, but eventually there's going to be like an oral history or a documentary or something about like this period of NBA history. Paul George is going to end up one of the most unexpectedly pivotal characters in that story. Like, like the ripple effect from Paul George and some of the decisions that he made or decisions around him, the, the butterfly effect is like 10 different teams. Like it's really crazy how important Paul George was in everything. Yeah, I mean those Pacer years, you know, I wasn't always a huge Heat fan, <laughs> a fan of that those Heat teams. But um, those were some of the most exciting playoff games, right? Those Pacers, like Bron and Paul George, going. Oh, they were great. Um, and that's kind of where I found my appreciation for Paul. But yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think about how long he's been in the league and how much, like you said, how much of an impact he's had. And I'm listen. At the end of the day, I'm a fan. Um, right. Media will turn and twist things, and sometimes players don't realize, you know, that things they will say will be interpreted in certain. But well, I mean, it's it's <laughs> funny. Like I for I mean, I will admit, Andy and I, as we drove through Palmdale last week to get the kids up to to uh, you know right. Whitewood to uh, to go sledding um, in, in the snow, we we you know we we gave a little little like you know, wagging finger at Palmdale for not well, delivering appropriately. I was going to say it all the shenanigans the, they pulled. It felt, by the way, I even texted this to Brian because as the story will uh, explain, we had a lot of downtime and stopped time there was all of this construction going on in palmdale couldn't get out we could not get out of palmdale it was impossible (laughs) like every single gps took us directly to this this area that it's called like i think the pearl blossom highway that was closed and like closed for the entire thing and we just could not leave and we were like you know what man this is like karmic payback for all the Paul George jokes and shit <laughs> that basically have gone on on this show that we weren't we weren't necessarily well that's not true because I mean I know because the, the next thing I was gonna say Vic is that you know George is one of those guys too like the jokes unfortunately for him kind of write themselves um you know and and like so, social media it's not it's not right it's not always right and fair and whatever but like it's sort of just the way the 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 world works and sometimes like you say like he's not or maybe i said like he's not always great at sort of saying the right thing at the right time in the right way it is not easy to do like and i feel bad like you almost get to the point where like paul george right now is playing as well as anybody in the league and you forget you can forget how good he is everybody's argument is that he does that during the season he's always in the mvp conversation and then playoffs come around and it's you know the whole playoff p like people just just go in on that which i get but you know guys say certain things that that fans will remember and hold on to and then make jokes about like the Kyrie Mm -hmm. about oh it's nice to have a guy that can close out and they both miss game winners and then that's just every time that has that happens now instead of just like oh they couldn't close out a game it's oh let's bring that sentence back the, one of the guys said, and this is what it is now, and we're just going to run with this. Again, fine. But, like, with PG, you know, the funny, it's like Michael Jordan left the game of basketball to go play baseball. Like, do you, can you guys, like, imagine Twitter <laughs> during that day? Like, what do you – it's just – Well, especially, too, because at the time there was and, – and I include myself in this – there was not enough of awareness of holy shit. Michael Jordan is managing to play triple A baseball, having double not double A, double, with, double A, without having picked up a bat in like 10 to 15 years. Like what he's doing is incredible. 
And yeah. we were all so I busy. Bet, but the, but the, I mean, if I, I think your point is like the like people would have freaked the fuck out. Like it would, it would have, they would have absolutely about it now. But imagine in real time, yeah, the jokes. Like this man really was like my like what? You know, it just doesn't. You know, things happen. Also, once you get to know some athletes, like you really see that these guys. It's just a, it's just so different because a normal person doesn't act that way. Like there's guys that are, yes, very low key, but there's guys that are so wired all the time. It's almost like you can't keep up. Like if you try working, like that's why I always say this, like any assistant or anybody that runs an athlete's life, it's just, it's ridiculous because they are very smart, but not, they don't really know how to sometimes express themselves or like i said they're always wired and there's so many ideas and so many things there's guys that like completely know who they are and are very you know present and then there's guys that like you know there's a guy that's a top five player in the nba that i know that you know he's very very tall and he thinks he can just oh yeah let me go get food outside like if nothing happened you know what I mean? And I'm just like, you can't, you can't do that, sir. Like, this is a, this is a major city, and you are very tall, and everybody knows who you are. <laughs> but some guys just don't have the awareness. It's so funny to see that because, like, the way that, that hint of very, very tall. I know who you're talking about. Okay. You, <laughs> who is totally, you, you gave it away, Vic. I, I know exactly who this is. Very tall human being. Um, yeah, yeah. You, um, you should disguise this a little better. That is one of my one of the things that I think is is hard though. It's like they can't hide. Guys cannot hide. You no, know, he's not a guard either. He's not like six three. Like he can't be like, oh, I'm Trey or Dame. You know, like he's a big guy. You can literally be like, oh, this is somebody, even if you don't know basketball. <laughs> what's What's crazy about it though, too, is like I was walking around. Like you cover the NBA, you're around the NBA, and all that kind of stuff. Jeez, man. <laughs> a lot of me doing this you know yeah but like you know you 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 start to get to a point where you know you you're getting used to interviewing guys and talking to guys being around guys like somebody who's six six in a locker room full of nine other guys who are six six or six ten or whatever they don't seem tall i walked by trevor ariza a few <laughs> weeks ago um he was i was just i was taking the, the my, my daughter out for a walk had her in the stroller and trevor rounds the corner um that you know and and i didn't stop or anything but like the first thing i noticed was like holy fuck that guy is really tall and then i was like oh it's trevor ariza but like if you see somebody in trevor's i think six eight if you see somebody who's six eight just walking around it's like they just left the circus like you don't know what to do with these people and like that's that's before you even get into the they're a public figure and all these uh, just the, the 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 challenge of being comfortable out knowing people are going to be looking at you just for your height, even if they don't know who you are, has got to be a weird thing. Yeah, no, definitely. But some guys are just like me, like <laughs> you, bro. Like you're you're, you're six foot seventeen foot four. Like what? <laughs> Six foot seventeen four. Yeah. That's tall. I mean, when you really break down those numbers, that's super tall. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> we will set it out. I'm gonna figure out. I'm gonna figure out what that is while you guys talk. It, well, Andy's like, well, she's drunk. Um, no, no, <laughs> that's no, okay. I mean, look, I mean, like you, like you explained at the top of the show, <laughs> you're from out of town. This could just as easily be like a metric system thing. Like, I mean, you may just be talking about a different measurement system altogether. I'm exaggerating. <laughs> it's, 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 guys, it's a Kevin Hart Shaq joke because yes. Kevin has this joke since he's had, he's had since forever um, about Shaq wanting to be a cop. No, not, that's sorry. That's not Kevin Hart. It's Cat Williams, which is funnier. That makes it funnier. So Cat Williams has this joke. He's like, oh, I'm friends with Shaq. I don't know why Shaq thought that he could be a cop. Like, Shaq, you're six foot, 12 foot, seven. But <laughs> that's, that's one of the jokes. It's, I mean, well, he, he certainly could have never done undercover work. Like, like there may be no, there may be nobody on the planet less equipped to be an undercover cop 
than Shaq. Yeah, he's like, he's like, please step out of the car. And he's like, <laughs> Can you make a free throw? You you want to sell me some marijuana? <laughs> it, it, it's the cop equivalent scene of Kareem as the pilot in airplane. Like, you're not buying. It. So I figured it out. Six seventeen four is either twenty three feet four inches tall or. Or it's seven nine. I'm not sure. It just depends on whether or not if it's six foot seventeen four. Like if the seventeen is seventeen more feet, or if that's six foot seventeen and then four more inches after that. So that, it's one or the other. Whatever's more, whatever's higher, taller, is whatever taco fall is. Because I met taco last draft week a year and a half ago in New York at Slam because we were doing interviews for the Slam show. And it was me and my co-host Kaz and and um, Adam Figman, the editor-in-chief of Slam, was like, oh, we got Taco coming. It's like, okay, cool. I did not realize how tall Taco was. <laughs> Shout out to Taco, but there are literally pictures where, and Kaz, mind you, my co-host, is a six-foot for man like he's tall and when i tell you taco's arm was on him like this <laughs> it was just it was like one of those moments when you're like this is not real this is not my life and this is like a superhero like it's just crazy he's i'm just glad like he's in the league because like i can't think of much worse than being as tall as taco fall and not being able to like make basketball <laughs> useful like, I'm sorry. Did you guys, did we see how much the Pistons paid big men that can't do much? Like, I wish I was <laughs> I could get a, a 20 million a year deal to play. Well, not well, the Pistons. So you, would, you wouldn't take the, the money from the Pistons? <laughs> absolutely take, take the money and just, you know, um, pull, like, pull the good old... Uh, Who's the guy I was thinking about just now? Not Steven Adams. Oh, uh, Plumley? No. I was thinking about he's not even in the league anymore. Um Sean Bradley? The guy with the beard, the white guy, tall white guy with the beard on the Lakers when we won in two thousand nine and ten. That just did nothing. The tall that? white guy with a beard. Like Adam Morrison? Adam Morrison. <laughs> yes. Oh God. <laughs> We covered Adam and really liked him. This just took a very yeah. turn. I was like Shannon Brown's name, and I was like, "That's not Shannon." Like, My no. wife still refers to Adam Morrison as the "wow wow baby" because he cried when he was on the floor with Gonzaga, which I always think is kind of tough. Like, oh, is that the "wow wow baby"? I got Sucre, Robert Sucre, <laughs> Sucre, Robert Sucre is sugar. <laughs> that is true. Robert, yeah, Robert Sacre was a very, he's a very tall man. <laughs> he's a very big dude. Really nice guy, too. Never also, had a beard, though, I don't think. Also another Gonzaga guy, correct? Yes, that's what I said. He went yeah, they, bo they both went to Gonzaga. <laughs> I don't know why I remember. I, listen, I retain the wildest Lakers, like, information that you do not need to know. Well, well look, you're, you're talking to uh, people whose avatar on their Twitter handle is Slava Medvedenko, and I named my... Oh, yeah, I, I named my uh, fantasy team after Von Wafer and Slava Medvedenko. Yeah. You remember Von Wafer? You guys know that me and Chick Hearn have the same birthday, November 27th? I did not know no. that. No? Now you know. Did not know that. I, I had a conversation about Kobe, to Kobe, with Kobe about this one day. The one, of the one of the days I was lucky enough to be around him. Um, I just said that. And he was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, I got, I got Kobe to say wow. That was instant credibility. But yeah, it's kind of a crazy thing that I, it's it's Chick Hearn, and it's Rich Kleinman. Rich Kleinman and I have the same birthday. Wow, that that is some NBA. Yeah, that's some NBA royalty, like all all over the place. Like I don't know what that means, but does it mean that that Rich leaves all his money to me and Kevin Durant's money after that? I'll tell you what it means is you, you really ought to yes, get legally. And you weren't born here, so you might not be familiar with all of our laws. Uh, yes, that is exactly what that means. Rich Kleiman owes you all of his money when he dies. <laughs> yeah, so, some would say these are very controversial rules in, in yeah, this country. It's strange. Also, I, I'm sure 
our birthday, we share our birthday with Bruce Lee, November 27th. Does oh. Bruce also leave me all his money? <laughs> I think the statute of limitations has, has run out on that. Keep working on climbing. I, I, if nothing else, you ought to work your way into a joint birthday party with Rich Climbin because that, that could be a hell of a party. Oh God. No, we're not, we're not doing that. You know who else was born on your birthday? Who? Bill Nye the science guy. Wow. Bill. See, a lot of kids grew up on him here. I did not grow up here, but I do know who Bill is, and I'm a big fan. <laughs> Robin Givens, the uh, the actress, Jaleel White, you know who that is, right? Urkel. Jaleel, I met Jaleel at the 2K launch last year here in LA. Shout out Ronnie, Ronnie. 2K. Yeah, let him know that when he dies, he owes you all of his money. <laughs> this is the following people owe you their fortune: Bill Nye, the science guy, who's made a nickel. Like, don't don't poo poo Bill Bill Nye's uh, fortune. Uh, Jaleel White, he's got all those residuals from Family Matters. Yeah. Um, I actually did grow up on that. I grew up on Family Matters, Full House, and Fresh Prince in Israel. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, the, the the designer, uh, Manolo Blahnik. Love, love, love me a Manolo. Who else? Oh. There's another one that I'm missing besides Bruce Lee. It's, um, it's a musician, but I can't think who. YouTube star or Instagram star Sam Goldbach? Absolutely not. I don't know who that is. Um, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Oh, that's you a know? hell of a birthday right there. Uncle Phil. He died at 27. James yeah. Avery, Uncle Phil from uh, from Fresh Prince. You guys shared a birthday. He unfortunately is no longer with us. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. Um, <laughs> a lot of YouTube stars, a lot of Instagram stars. Uh, that's that's the best I'm coming up with right now. I don't know any Instagram stars. I'm the only Instagram star. <laughs> you know what? You're the only Instagram star you need to know, Vic. The All these other people, they're just trying to be uh, Victoria Jacoby anyway. So, I mean, you don't need to know them. They need to know you. I, I wish I had like the mental capacity to post more. I get a lot of anxiety every time I post on Instagram. I, you know, we, we, Andy and I missed Instagram. It's like too late for us now. Like it's, we, it's, people are like, you guys need to be, you guys need to be doing better on, uh, you know, you're so it's like, I, I'm, I got, I'm 45 <laughs> years old and I have three kids. Like I, it's too late for me to build up an Instagram empire. Like that ship has sailed. I mean, maybe you're probably right. Would have been good not 10 different. years ago to be ahead of the game on that. It's, it's like, it's not going to happen now. I'm sorry. Now it's just, you know, I do what Jay-Z does on Twitter. You know how Jay-Z just comes in when he launches something and he's like, pay, pay, please pay for this. That's what I do now. I only post if I'm getting paid. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of that, that's what um, my, I, are we I, about I, to get invoiced for this show, Vic? <laughs> uh, I thought, I thought I was getting all of your money. <laughs> well, that's going to be disappointing, Vic. Oh. <laughs> that's going to be really. No, neither <laughs> one of us. Neither one of us were born on November 27th. Yeah, you, should, you should thank whatever higher power you believe in that oh, you have no. different birthdays than either one of us. I don't know if you guys know, but like I've been going hard. I've been working nonstop. I work all the time now. I don't even have a personal life. Not that I ever did. Ball is life, always. But especially now, the last six months, I feel like it's got it's just gotten so crazy. Like I don't even I'm not even thinking about, ooh, let me post, let me do, you know. So it is what it is. But yes, if you are working on something and obviously you're getting paid and it's the brands that you mess with and you'd love to support, then yeah, absolutely. In the meantime, we'll just all check in on the health of uh, Rich Climate and see how he's doing. Um, <laughs> Godspeed, Rich. Um, but let's, let's talk about one of those ventures um, because yes. it was, you mentioned Carmelo Anthony earlier. Um, and like tonight is an interesting night to talk about athlete empowerment and player empowerment. And we can get into some of this stuff, you know, before we're done here with, you know, LeBron was asked both about uh, James Blake tonight and uh, you know, the, the officer will not face charges, but also the work that they did, the runoffs in, in Atlanta, the work the WNBA did um, players did uh, mobilizing people in the runoffs in Atlanta and, and all that stuff. But there are other forms of athletes, 
uh, using their voices and kind of empowering themselves to just cut through, frankly, people like me and Andy and go straight to people. Uh, you're working on one of those and it's really cool. It's uh, through the lens and Mellow's part of that. Break down what it is that that is for people because it's a really, really cool concept. You know, I feel like we've done this so many times in the last few months, pre-launch and when we launched uh, a few weeks ago. You know, the biggest thing for me always with work is I love building something up from nothing. I love being there from day one. And, you know, I was very lucky to be included in this project. Alex Bazell is the co-founder. Um, and Alex is just one of those guys that, Yes, he's very good at the game. He knows the game inside and out. And he's a very good trainer, coach, um, mentor, whatever you want to call it. And then when it comes to speaking about what this is and what this project was for him, it's really incredible. So I don't even know if I can explain all, all of it, but just from my side of, of, you know, like I said, being there from the start, um, it's the greatest basketball minds in the NBA, so we're talking pros, right? Just diving deep into everything they know how to do best. So you're learning from the younger guys, the older guys, obviously Carmelo Anthony is the co-founder. Um, this was something that Melo was very excited about and adamant about. He wants to leave a legacy. And for him, this was a way to teach the youth, the next generation, you know, Going into his gym since 2017, since Hoodie Mellow Summer, his son, Cayenne, was there every time. You know, not every day, but every summer I would see, a, you know, in different, in, in different situations, instances, where he would just work with his son one-on-one, -on -one, straight up. After, like, the boys would do a run and then lights out, and they're staying at the gym and it's just him and his son. And it's really incredible to see. And so many guys are like that, you know, across the league with their kids. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, Kobe was obviously a big one. And um, Alex was mentored by Kobe. And Alex also trained a lot with the Mamba, with the Mamba girls. So that idea, you know, came to mind and then, Mellow really took it to the next level. And obviously, we have athletes like Trey Young involved, Candace Parker, Sabrina Nescu, Nafisa Collier. So it's, it's exciting. And it's, I mean, the content is, I always tell people this, the content is what takes it to the next level. And everybody I've shown it to, even players that aren't necessarily involved directly, um, all really appreciate content like that so for us it's you know it's just teaching the next generation and giving access to you know kind of what kobe did with detail but from the players themselves mm -hmm. right it reminds me a lot of like master class like you know right. for basketball like it's it's like you know instead of you know steven spielberg doing an hour-long seminar for you it's it's carmelo anthony or candace no. parker or someone like that it's really cool would you want anybody else to teach you the mid posts? You know, that, that's just not many people. No, not many, no, there's not a lot of people on that list. So, you know, or, um, Trey talking about his long range, like the kid can shoot from anywhere. Like we had some days in the gym, you know, he would come in and he like, Oh, his ankle wasn't a hundred percent or whatever. And he would still make from anywhere. You know? One of the things I think is actually really cool about uh, about the presentation with this in, in terms of like athlete empowerment, but also athlete content creation is how you get you get a look at how these guys different, you know, what they value in their workouts and the different things that they're working on and how they go about trying to perfect their game. But you also get a sense of their personalities, too, and you get a little bit of an idea of their backstories. And, you yeah. know, I thought it was interesting how Mello talked about, you know, the the need for the quickness of his release and where that came from or Candace Parker talking about how one of her moves was really developed from her time playing overseas and there there's a lot that you learn about them 
as people, you know, not necessarily like in, a, in the same way that you would like a full one-on-one sit down, but you get elements of sort of what makes them tick beyond just what they work on on the court. It's, it's an interesting presentation. They, like, they talk a lot during it. Yeah, they do. We had days where um, we shot gym stuff, obviously, but we always started with the interview. So you get to know these these players. We had Melo in there for, you know, half a day just doing the interview stuff, um, which, you know, is great for me because I got to see the uncut version <laughs> of that. Um, his Melo, one of the things about him is um, he's a very smart guy. And he's he knows how to articulate himself and his connection to basketball better than most, you know, like it's just another level of this. And you can tell like he's been doing this for mm-hmm. six, what, 17 years, 17th year, right? So um, it's just a different dynamic. Then you have someone young like Trey, just completely different. You know, um, same with Candace. Candace just talking about her relationship also with Kobe was incredible. Um, and, you know, that's another big thing for me. Obviously, Kobe meant everything to me. And, um, you know, and obviously he's gone now, but I feel like this is something that would have made him happy. Almost like in my head, right? I'm not speaking for through the lens or whatever, but that's just for me. That's how I feel about it. So, definitely means something, and it's and it's cool to see how people have been receiving it. The reception has been incredible. Um, so, shout out Zach Harper also for writing that beautiful piece. But um, yeah, you know, and I feel like it's needed. Like my, I have I have an 11 year old little brother who loves to play and was in the semifinals with his school um, right when COVID happened. And right. he just plays 2K now on a daily basis because, you know, his sister got it like that and he has all the games. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's just been, it's just been really hard for him, but now he's on, he's on there all the time. Um, he really likes, he loves Trey. He loves any shooters. So Steph is his favorite, Kyrie. So um, the kids need it. What do you think, like, what do you think happens with the, the, it's, it's one of these things that's I think is, is a really cool development. I actually, I wrote a big thing, you know, for some work I was doing on the side that really got into the ways that athletes have changed, like how they do their messaging, like, and, and who they, you know, the, 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 you don't need to partner up with the network anymore. You don't need to necessarily, I mean, you can, you know, you can have brand partners. You don't necessarily have to have, there are so many different ways to do this now, even since you've been around and obviously, you know, you're you know younger than us, but you've been doing this for a little while. You've been around players for a while. What's different now about just the confidence that players have to, again, kind of bypass people like me and Andy who've worked in traditional media and just deliver the kind of stuff that they want with the confidence that they can do it themselves and don't need, you know, you know, Disney's permission on ESPN or something. Yeah. Here's another thing about athletes. (laughs) The confidence is there, right? So if they're, they can be very good at one thing, they absolutely believe that they can be rightfully so very good at anything. Right. So, um, again, I think we talked about this last time on, my, the coolest thing about today is these guys have so many different interests and they can actually get into it and make a business out of it and then build an empire like LeBron has. Um, imagine Dennis Rodman, right? The man loved to be out. He loved fashion. He had his own style. Imagine giving him all all the open doors that, for example, Kelly Oubre has. Kelly can sit at any fashion show in Paris during fashion week. That is a fact. And they will invite him before they invite a bigger name player because he's built that lane for himself. Imagine Dennis Rodman being able to invest in nightlife. You know what I mean? Like things that guys care about, they have outlets to do now and they have complete teams that just are dedicated to that. Um, You know, earlier we were talking about Baron, Baron Davis, like Baron has built 
so many different companies and is involved in so many different things. Yeah, we've we've worked with Baron before. He 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 really has like a pretty wide, you know, he's got a wide reach, and he's he's really really smart and he's creative, yep. and he's somebody who likes to explore different spaces. And and he's really been, you know, to his credit, he's been really proactive about finding those different lanes. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, any, any guy can feel like they can do that and really build themselves up, which is, you know, been amazing to see. Um, you know, there's guys that love music, like my boy, Aaron, Aaron Gordon has a full album, you know, out there and, and, and he's making music videos, working with one of the best producers out there also who has Cardi B and all these big names, you know what I mean? So these guys are really tapping in and using their, there's always, there's always been a thing, you know, with fashion, music, ball, and anyone that's high up, like, you know, you go back to the, to the big names, but um, anyone that has money loves sports in some way for shape form um so you know all of those things tying together and if you bring all those powerful people from different powerful lanes you really can build something and i feel like obviously that's what lebron has done with with media um right with uninterrupted and spring oh yeah an amazing job and then you know there's guys that are starting their own thing like players tv with Chris Paul and you know Kyrie's involved in Mello as well, all these other names they have on there. So everybody is realizing that you have to start something of your own. And you don't even know, like people don't even know half the money that's out there that players have in different businesses. Well, that, that's actually a, the, you know, LeBron this, you know, this year has a uh, Space Jam, a uh, new legacy coming out. And, you know, the, the, uh, release is going to be different this year, you know, because of everything that's going on with COVID and the studio shifts and HBO Max, and it's going to be, you know, both simultaneously on demand and in theaters. But like, I don't know for sure, you know, how good the movie will be. Listen, but I have a, definitely be better than Wonder Woman. That's what I, I have been. Saying, one is a garbage movie. It is. I have terrible. been saying this for a long time. I mean, not not that I don't think Space Jam is a good movie. I think the odds of Space Jam. Uh, New Legacy or whatever. I don't remember that specifically. It's Space Jam 2. It's fine. Right. Space Jam 2 is going to be better than the original. I think the odds are I heard, strongly in his favor. But I heard, Andy, that um, the movie ends with LeBron just calling the president a bum again. <laughs> <laughs> so I well, they might have had to have an alternate shoot depending on how the election went. But uh, I like, and to your point that you were making before, like, um, you've got these guys are more experienced with creating content. They're more experienced with breaking down scripts and actually, you know, being a part of them. The technology is better now. Like, it's it's easy to forget in the mid '90s the idea of Michael Jordan doing a semi-animated movie with Bugs Bunny was like a wild proposition. Like you'd basically seen uh, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Cool World, and this. Like it was considered out there. LeBron is a more experienced actor than MJ. Like, you know, he steals every scene he's in in Trainwreck. He's legitimately funny. Yeah, out of this. Like I, I think like LeBron has a better handle on how to do his version of Space Jam that MJ had on his. It doesn't guarantee that this one will be good, but right. I do yeah, think okay. I think the odds like, favor it's going to be way better than the MJ blink, version. Blink twice, blink twice if you're concerned it might not be. Me? <laughs> Wait, uh, Vic. What? Just blink twice if you're concerned it might not be good. <laughs> oh. I don't know if you guys can see that's, me. It's a sunglasses <laughs> joke, yeah. Um. No, this is very somebody, somebody commented. This is very Shit's Creek, and this is very. <laughs> it is very Shit's Creek, baby. <laughs> the baby, baby. Um, no, I. What, what were we saying? Uh, the odds of Space Jam, the second with this one being better. Space Jam, yeah. No, I don't know. I'm not a big Space Jam fan. Like the first one was bad. The first one is a bad movie. It's a bad movie. Okay. In 
virtually every way, including the way that the Looney Tunes are used. It's not even like the right way to like, it's bad for people like me who grew up with Bugs Bunny and all that. It's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. Bad movie. Bad, bad movie. Bad movie. Bad movie. Yeah, no, I also think Love and Basketball is a terrible movie. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> like, if you watch Love and, ba Love and Basketball, it's just like... Now, that is a much more controversial opinion. I haven't seen... Honestly, I haven't seen it since it first came out. I don't, I don't even remember. The girl literally is like a home wrecker. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Play me one-on-one. -on -one, come get this. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not the only one. There's a whole Twitter thing about it that it's bad. It's bad. It's a bad movie. Kids, don't bad movie. In your bad movie. backyard talking about marry me instead one-on-one. -on -one. Like, don't do that. <laughs> it's just terrible. Jeez, ben is still up, and he's offended. Ben, what did he say? Love and basketball is cinema. Okay. <laughs> All right, Ben. Can we mute Ben on this? Because we, we, can. we We, we can. can. I'm not sure we should. We can. Absolutely. We can. We, we, but we won't. We won't. Well, it's Ben Lyons, man. Ben Lyons was the original guest on the late night happy hour. He's our first guest in both <laughs> incarnations. Favorite people. Yeah, we can't. We can't mute Ben. We wouldn't mute Ben. This is actually like just I, as a, a trip down memory lane. You guys keep talking. I'll pull this up. You guys, I owe Ben a hat because we went to a Knicks game with the fat Jew with Josh. Yeah. Like five years ago. And it was like it was Lakers at Knicks, and the Knicks won. Are you that talking one. about Brian? About this picture? No, that's 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 Vic with John Ireland. That's John. That's John Ireland for. Okay, why did Ben even send this in? I don't even know why. <laughs> <laughs> because I, he did. Because he did. Because he's up. No, I was talking about this picture. This is uh, your first appearance on our show. You guys know I lost twenty two pounds since that day. I did not really? know. That. Good for you. Yeah, you can see my fat face. You know why? Because I just at the beginning of a quarantine, I gained ten, and then I lost twenty-two total. So nice. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's real. That's fantastic. Thank you, guys. I I uh, pants again. That's good. I am impressed <laughs> that you're wearing pants. Like nobody wears pants during the pandemic. Well. Well, they they do when they do shows, Brian. <laughs> like, well, they, no, they, it's important. They, you should be wearing one now. I mean, oh. Although, only because you chose to sit further back on a couch. This, of course, is Vic on her third appearance. Right. <laughs> that's, me that's me next month, guys. I'm coming back. Work oh, schedule's man. tough. With that haircut. At <laughs> <laughs> 104 months. years old, you don't need to be messing around with like, a haircut that requires a lot of maintenance. 104. That's just a lot. A lot of years. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a, it is a lot. Um <laughs> already old as fuck like can you sorry can I say that? no yes you can okay. most people ask first but sure yes you can my thing is like after you hit what 70 it's basically hard to walk so like you're telling me that i gotta do 30 whatever more year 34 more years yeah so you're one of those people who wants to be out by like 55 like okay. what's what's your they need to be here that long like i just don't so what's your what's your max? Like when do you want to go? Huh? What's your max? When do you want to go? I don't know. I'll go eighty-one. <laughs> so basically, like ten years of bad walking, ten and then you've had enough. Well, you just what? I'm going to swim. I'm going to be a swimmer because all that shit helps. Swimming helps. <laughs> <laughs> Vic's endorsement of swimming. All that shit helps. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I would invest in swimming right now if you're looking for a stock because it's about to rise with that endorsement. Swimming Vic, helps. I already got Count on Vic on swimming. <laughs> By the way, Ben just picked up on it. Vic is a legend, will live forever. She said 81. I knew I got it. Did I? No, I'm just Come saying. On. We knew what that was. We knew yeah. it. It's a legend, though. I mean, it's you true. could have gone 62 after three quarters. I mean, that was pretty good. I wasn't going to say, what other Kobe numbers do I have? I passed 24. Definitely passed eight. Um, 33? But I need more time than 33. Don't kill me off 33. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Andy, do you have a target? What? What happened? I was just asking Andy if he has a target. 
I want to, I mean, I obviously want to see a few milestones for my daughter, you know, like high school graduation. Right. I mean, but high school graduation gets you to like, you know, and you, well, in your case, 93. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, you know what? There are times like our, our parents are in our, in their seventies and like, you know, in reasonable health, but even then sometimes I look and I'm like, wow, that's like a lot. Like, like just getting around to a few places, like that's a full day. Like it really, it, it, See, but there's exhausting. Bring it. The, like jog every day and have yeah. like cool outfits and wear new balances. Like that. Or as you say, swimming, swimming helps. And swim it. I swear it helps. Okay. Well, I want to, I want to get to, I think, I think my goal is to get to 80 and then everything after that I feel like is, is butter. But I just, before we go, I will say this. Uh, today, um, in addition to, uh, the, the news from Georgia and all this other stuff, it was a big day, uh, because the last known surviving widow of a civil war veteran died today. She was 101 years old, uh, when she was 17, Helen Viola Jackson married 93 year old widower, James Bolin. Wait, what? Yes. I'm sorry. (laughs) She was 17 and she married a 93 year old widower um, who was uh, who had fought in the Civil War. Then he died. That made her a Civil War, you know, a widow of the Civil War veteran. And she died today. So she was the last one, the last person roaming the planet who had been married to somebody who fought in the Civil War. Which side Did did it say which side? It wasn't that specific <laughs> well just you want to tell me this bitch uh, <laughs> no, jackson had been providing daily care for bolin a widower who served as a private in the 14th missouri cavalry through the civil war border state andy i just i feel like if you're 17 and you're marrying someone 93 from the civil war it's very important that they were on a specific side of it like, I, I like, like she'd been providing okay. daily daycare for him and they fell in love. This is actually a, a very sweet story. No, sort of. Not. She was 17. The man was 93. It's, it's really not sweet at all. And like, it's actually, it's not, it's actually criminal. Times, <laughs> it's not sweet at all. Times were different then. Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it was a different era. What year? Here, so like, I really like, I, like you don't really learn much in the Middle East about the Civil War, right? So that was just like a lot for me to 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 take in. Yeah, I, again, this is why we didn't end up doing the state capitals game. Like I thought, you know, with the Holocaust and all that, being a Jew, like that's right. What we're about a lot, especially in Israel. And then I was just so shocked at how I guess fucked up this country was for so long. Like people were just like okay with this. I, we've got we've got some problems, some, said, some, like, some know, kinks that need to be worked out. For it was really bad, right? For whatever that eight years. But then now, you know, the Germans are very like on their shit. They're like we're not ever, ever letting that happen again, right? God bless. Here it's like you don't like what? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just, it's just. No, you have every right to criticize the current climate. Being dumb. And then you're like, you know, I'm in my little bubble in New York. Everything's fire. You know, everything's lit. So it's like, (laughs) people get it because people, most people are not, they're immigrants just like I am. So they don't really, you know, and then, and then you see America (laughs) or you, you hear about it and you're just like, we're, we're working on it. Yeah, we're working. We're a work in progress. I think it's fair yeah. to say. It's too many people here. It's too many people. Yeah, that's definitely true. Dumb the the good people down. You know what I mean? Indeed. <laughs> yes. I'm like, why would you think that slaves are cool? But also, then, like for this long, you thought this There's again. It's it's there's a lot to unpack with American history. Back no to question. why, again, uh, moving beyond the whole morality of '93 and '17, I was very concerned with which side the soldier fought on. But yes, I just I, think it's crazy. I just think it's crazy that somebody was still alive that was married to somebody who fought in the Civil War. I hope the math on that is really difficult to do. Uh, once once you uh, peel back the layers, Brian, 
I agree with Vic. It's not that sweet a story at no. all. It's actually pretty no, unsettling. I guess I guess <laughs> it's so. a very unsettling. I, I just really want to know how girl made it out. Like, how, how, how soon did he die? It couldn't have been that long. She was providing like, <laughs> like long-term hospice care, it seems like. I got to be honest with you. I question if they were really ever in love. <laughs> okay. I mean, right. When you were 17, was there a 93-year-old that you were like, that guy? I see potential there. <laughs> uh, no. All right, Vic. It's, oh, been, that. it's been a fun <laughs> Literally nothing on my list got covered tonight, other than through the lens. That's where this conversation was, and that means it was good. I was reading, I was reading romance novels and staying in. I don't know. I never really <laughs> seventeen. Like my high school was very aggressive. You know, we were on the Upper East Side. It was very wealthy people, and people thought you know it was Gossip Girl because Gossip Girl actually shot on our blog. Many days. If you had been dating a 93 year old, they would have been talking. For yeah, sure. Somebody noted that uh, this is like that would be like Strom Thurmond's uh, marrying a high school senior. Monty Ten notes that on the chat. Uh, Strom Thurmond, Vic, was a, a senator, I believe, from South Carolina who was a senator until he was like 193 years old. It was I mean, like in like super duper racist uh, back in the day. Jesus. Uh, he was his son was uh, uh, when I went to college freshman year, son lived on my hall. Math on that was a little unusual too. <laughs> so uh, just as a, a little side note. Um, all right, Vic, it's it's good to talk to you. It's good to see you. Welcome back to Los Angeles for however long you're here. I wish we could see I, you. We can't. I always tell people, people are like, oh, so how long you stay? I have no flight back. This is how I live my life now. Oh. Well, if you're around, we'll have you back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> stay in touch. Let us know. We love having you on. So you're always welcome. It's Creek Babies. Um, okay, baby. We'll have you back on, baby. Baby. Why does she say it like that? I don't know, but it's iconic. It's so good. It's awesome. Because she's Moira Rose. That's why she says it. Oh, want to let people know, uh, heads up, the Land of Lakers podcast, which I believe is going to drop tomorrow. We have a really good interview with Katie Rossman. She's a reporter for the New York Times, and she wrote a really cool profile of Jeannie Buss. So be on the lookout for that tomorrow. If you are not already subscribing to the Land of Lakers podcast, what the hell is wrong with you? You can find it iTunes, Stitcher, the Believe uh, Podcast Network, anywhere you would go to subscribe. So make sure to get that. Uh, tomorrow, we are having on uh, Bill Hanstock, Bill correct? Yes. Bill Hanstock. We're going to talk some WWE. We're actually very excited. We've never had a WWE guest before, so this should be really fun. And we will see everybody tomorrow. Donkey Needle on. <laughs> <laughs>